We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Week 5 Start Sit Show on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Roto-Viz Fantasy Football Show. This is the Rotoviz Week Five Start Sit Show. Uh, it is just Dave for this episode. Nonetheless, uh, I think we're going to have a solid stream here, fielding listener questions related to uh, all things Week Five Start Sit questions. We have just kicked things off. Hopefully. We start getting some comments coming in soon here related to questions that people have. The first thing we will do, however, though, is hop right into the GLSP for this week. And it's going to be a little bit different this week because I'm going to have to control all of this by myself without Curtis here. But let's talk about some quarterbacks here quickly uh, while we wait for some questions to come in. This week, Anthony Richardson still scoring pretty strongly in the GLSP actually comes in the top five. Another name that you're not going to see there every week, but has been good is Jared Goff. And if we take a minute here and zoom in on what is expected of Goff against Carolina, you can see almost 300 yards, 2.2 passing touchdowns on average from his matches in the GLSP, which is a very high rate. Uh, and you also see that 10% of his matches actually scored a touchdown. So very, very favorable outlook for him. If you look at um, the, the buckets here, right? You're going to see 34% of his matches going for um, more than 25 points, which is just very, very impressive. So if we continue back along here, we take a quick look at some more of the matches in the GLSP or some more players in the GLSP here. Will I do one thing uh, quickly? Uh, what you're going to find is, is that you also have Josh Dobbs getting pretty high and Justin Fields, who will be playing tonight, it does seem to like. So something we don't want to overlook there. Excellent. We already have a question pouring in here. Um, I will get to that in one second. 
Um, the thing that's really interesting here as we get ready for Thursday night uh, on these short weeks is what's this quarterback matchup going to look like uh, when you have Justin Fields and Sam Howell playing, two quarterbacks that Curtis and I talked a lot about during the summer and have been pretty big fans of. Uh, so let's pop over right here. Six touch, uh, six point passing touchdowns, um, minus two interception, Trevor Lawrence or Matt Stafford. All right, let's pull up the GLSP here and take a look at what it thinks. So you have uh, Josh Allen, uh, all right, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Stafford. All right, we'll pull it up here. So you got... Trevor Lawrence and Matt Stafford from the GLSP perspective, uh, it tends to prefer Matthew Stafford. You actually see a pretty radical shift when you get between 15 and 20, that bucket things really start to favor Stafford. Now, if you look at Stafford's matchup, he is facing off against the Eagles this week, which the Eagles I've talked about this already, but have become an increasingly easier matchup as time has gone along, uh, especially dealing with some injuries right there now. And you have Trevor Lawrence facing off against Buffalo. Uh, I think if I had this choice, I would go with Stafford over Lawrence. All right. So we've got uh, another question coming in right here. Judy or Michael Wilson, full PPR. GLSP has PPR average at 16, and this is because of his big week last week. So I assume we're talking about Wilson there. Uh, yeah, and certainly that will influence it. Sometimes when you have these younger players and they pick up a pretty nice game here or there, it's factoring in uh, pretty significantly to what you see for them. Now, on top of that, Cincinnati, it's also seeing some of has just not been playing very well and sets up in this game for Wilson to have a good outing. So if we compare the two and we take a look here at Wilson versus Judy, what we'll see is that the average for Wilson is much higher than it is for Judy. Judy's down at 7.3. GLSP very heavily favors uh, Wilson over Judy in this one. And some of that's coming from the fact that if you look at what the matches for Jerry Judy did against opponents like the Jets, it's just been really ugly. And this one actually feels a little odd to say but I would actually go here with Wilson over Judy. Jets have been a very, very tight matchup, a uh, very difficult matchup for opposing wide receivers. One other thing, though, that we'll do here, seeing as we have some time before more questions start coming in, is we'll go over to the passing game matchup Raider. And in here, what we'll take a quick look at are the matchup ratings. And I believe, I have not studied these too much yet this week, what we're going to find is that you see a major uh, favor here for Wilson just in terms of how receivers have done against average. Yeah, you have Wilson in an average matchup with Cincinnati. If we pull up Judy, what we're going to see is that it's a bit harder of a matchup. I would actually go with Wilson, which feels very weird to say. Hey, Diego. Uh, his question is half PPR, Jaleel McLaughlin, Josh Downs, or Sky Moore. Oh, Wow. Uh, this is a really interesting one. A couple of players I would not have been expect to be comparing at this point in the year. Off the top of my head here, I am going to say that I'd probably go with McLaughlin. 
Uh, if we take a look at wide receivers, though, and we compare Josh Downs to Sky Moore, we have the GLSP fairly similar across them. It does like Downs a little bit more. And I think that some of that would come from the fact that we also saw liking the Colts in this matchup, given what it said about the quarterbacks. Um, in terms of this matchup for Kansas City against Minnesota, Minnesota actually has been a fairly uh, susceptible matchup as well. Now, Jaleel, we're not going to have too much useful data on, but if you look at the GLSP, you can see that there are a couple of players in his matches that worked out pretty... <laughs> yeah, it's true, Diego. Things are tough. He had a couple of matches that worked out pretty well. I honestly think that I would go... I might lean Jaleel here. Probably my recommendation would be to follow uh, that Denver backfield as we make our way into the week, see if you can get any feel for the health of it. Um, and if it's looking like you're still in a position where McLaughlin should be getting most uh, or having a sizable chance of work, I would go with him. Then I would follow it with Downs and then Sky Moore. Okay. Boyd or Dell in PPR. All right, this is one that uh, we're definitely going to run through a comparison here in the GLSP. Uh, so we got Tyler Boyd. And we've got uh, Tank Dell. Now, my mind here is thinking Tank all the way, but we will look it up. Things have just been so bad for Cincinnati. Despite that, though, you actually have it favoring Boyd, uh, but not... And when I say it, I mean the GLSP, not in a very radical fashion. Um, and I'm only saying it favors him because Boyd does have some of his matches go for more than 25. But if you look between 10 um, to 25, it does favor Tank Dell, even absent of looking at the GLSP and whatnot. I would definitely say I would roll with Dell here. Uh, you know, we weren't not knowing that we were going to see this when things started off this year. But Houston looks like a team that's going to have two fantasy viable receivers every week. I have teams with Dellen Collins going, um, you know, as starters for me every week. And at this point, with what you've seen from Cincinnati, I'm not sure that in redraft leagues, you're ever going to find an opportunity to get Boyd in there, barring significant bye weeks or injuries on your team. Uh, so definitely not what we were expecting. We're all at the site really hoping... Um, you know, you see things recover because there's a lot of players that are very usable or expected to be usable fantasy players in that offense. And we'll just have to see how things bear out as time moves along. So if we turn our attention here toward running back and we look for some of the players that are more surprising this week, uh, probably shouldn't be surprised at this point, but you have two players for Miami in a Chan and Raheem Mostert both scoring in the top five. Of course, when you have the ridiculous games that they had just two weeks ago in the sample, that's going to happen. Should come as no surprise here that David Montgomery is finishing in the top 10. Now, an interesting one is that you still see Tyler Algier scoring very favorably, and you actually have him a fair amount ahead of Bijan Robinson. Now we did get some questions last week about Algier didn't have his greatest game. Um, let's pull up what the tool is saying that his average 
or the average of his matches have been able uh, to produce. So if I pop in Tyler Algier, we'll see his average stat line has him at 14 attempts, 62 yards, uh, seven, actually 70% of his matches scored touchdowns. Now they're playing against Houston. And I would not be surprised, though, if we see Algier need to go a little bit below these numbers because of the way that game is going to play out. Uh, as a result of that, you know, Algier scores highly in the GLSP this week, but I would definitely fade that to some degree. All right, another question coming through. This one's from Jeremy. Uh, full PPR, Nico versus Waddle. Oh, man. Um, this one is really, really interesting. It's hard. It's going to be hard for me to say not go with Jalen Waddle, a man that has been one of my favorite players for a while. But uh, if you bounce him up against Nico Collins, what you're looking at is two players with very similar outlooks. You have a slight favor for Waddle uh, at the high end for the greater than 25. Uh, and if we zoom in on Waddle, you're going to see that against the Giants, he's kind of given a stat line of around seven targets, four and a half receptions, 75 yards, and 50% of his matches scored touchdowns. Despite what we've seen in recent weeks with Collins having such strong games, I would still go with Waddle in this. I think it's going to get ugly uh, against the Giants. You're going to see Miami come out and score a lot of points right away. All right. Uh, another one coming through. This one is from Mike. Full PPR flex spot. Laporta, Jalen Warren, or Christian Kirk? All right. This one is pretty fun here. Let's start off by popping into the flex portion of the GLSP, and we will take a look at Laporta and Kirk. Start off with that tight end wide receiver decision. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, wow, Sam Laporta actually heavily favored here over Christian Kirk in the GLSP beyond 15 points. If we go into the passing game matchup Raider here to kind of augment that, what we'll see is that Laporta is playing Carolina. And this has actually been a fairly difficult matchup for tight ends that operate out of the alignments that Laporta has. Uh, whereas Christian Kirk, on the other hand, has a bit of an easier matchup against Buffalo. Now, there are going to be some injuries in that Buffalo secondary uh, that might make you kind of more apt to go ahead with Kirk. And then finally, let's just toss in Jalen Warren here. The GLSP for Warren has him concentrated much lower. Actually, none of his matches going over 15 points. I would choose between Kirk or Laporta here. And despite the favorable outlook in the GLSP, I would, I would go with Kirk. I think that in a broader range of outcomes, when we might play this game out a hundred times, you're going to see Kirk score higher more often uh, than you do Laporta. All right. So we talked about some running backs. Uh, let's hop back over, see if there's any other players that kind of stand out as scoring a little bit higher than we might expect. Probably worth noting. James Connor is pretty high. You do have Brian Robinson and Isaiah Pacheco scoring favorably. Pacheco actually coming in as an RB1 this week. If we kind of drill into his matchup and some of what we're seeing with his matches there against Minnesota, players similar to him have gone for 14 rushing attempts, 67 yards, and actually 60% of them 
um, found the end zone, which is pretty encouraging. He's got a pretty flat distribution um, across the different buckets, though it is mostly concentrated, uh, 29% going between 10 to 15. But you do see uh, almost an additional 40% beyond that. All right, got another question coming in. Ah, yes, this is a good one from Chuck LeMain. How are we feeling about Raheem Mostert? So I think that what we should probably do here is take a quick look at the NFL Player Stat Explorer. And the reason we're going to do this is because I've always been a big proponent of Raheem Mostert, uh, especially now playing in this offense, going into a game against the Giants that I think you're going to expect them to run things up early on then start, uh, you know, getting the running backs heavily involved. But I do think it's worth looking at uh, his game logs and just kind of noting that against Buffalo in week four, we did see a drop off in his work down to seven rushing attempts, still had five targets uh, across the season. He is number 21 in expected points per game. Um, I think that you are going to see him start to play second fiddle to some degree. I'm still feeling pretty good about him, though, and I'm still going to try to trot, trot him out there as a starter, especially this week against the Giants. All right, Addison, Ramondre, or Rasheed Rice. All right, Addison coming off of his worst game of his career. And, of course, you have uh, Ramondre Stevenson, coming off of just a very ugly game for New England. If we pop these into the GLSP, it's fairly even, but there's actually a little bit, well, I shouldn't say it's that even. So you do have an average of 11.4 for Addison, PPR average of 9.3 for Stevenson, but at the at the more important buckets, it does favor Addison. Uh, we will also take a quick look at how he matches up here against the Cardinals. And uh, it's like an average matchup for him. And then Stevenson, the final piece that we'll look at here is if we go to his GLSP, what does the touchdown potential look like? And what we're going to find is against New Orleans uh, for players like Stevenson, very low touchdown potential. Not a lot of his matches scoring a lot of uh, or putting up a lot of yards as well. I think here you actually go with Addison. Yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, glad to help out on that. But I suppose for the sake of being thorough here, we should probably also look at uh, at Rice. So his average stat line against Minnesota puts him at 5.5 uh, targets, 3.7 reception. 20% of his matches found the end zone. I think that in their offenses, you're definitely looking at uh, much more predictable usage uh, and quality for Addison than you are with Rice. Obviously, there's a lot of quality in that Kansas City offense, but you don't know what portion of that's going to go to him and when he's going to get those real quality looks. So the answer there would be Addison. Um, just a reminder, if you're out there and you're watching and you have not yet subscribed to the Rotoviz YouTube channel, please do. Uh, and I will be here till around 8.05, taking as many questions as we can get to. All right, this one comes in from Juan. Trevor Lawrence or Howell this week? Yeah, this is a fun one. So we talked a little bit earlier about Lawrence in comparison to Stafford, said that Stafford would be the play there. Howell, who will be playing fairly soon up against Lawrence, 
might actually be a fairly interesting matchup. And it is because what you're going to see is a much higher average for Howell this week than Lawrence. You're also going to see uh, at the greater than 25 bucket, the GLSP likes Sam Howell a lot more. Now, the final piece of analysis that I want to add in here is if we go and we look at Howell and his matchup analysis tab in the player stat explorer, Against the Bears, this becomes a very favorable matchup from the way that we calculate our strength of schedule. Uh, in recent games, every passer has gone over uh, 20, or excuse me, in all games this season. So you had Jordan Love at 25, Baker Mayfield at 21, Mahomes went for around 28, Wilson went around for 24. A lot of performances finishing as a QB1. Um Though it feels a little weird, man, I think I would actually go with Howell over Lawrence this week. All right, a little comment here. So this comment reads, it feels like Rasheed could break out any week and Vikings defensive prime opportunity makes sense to wait until he breaks out. Uh, Yeah, I think that is a a very good point. Certainly does feel like there's the potential there for a player like him to break out. I think the challenge here, though at least like when you're looking at him this week against somebody like Addison is we've seen Addison need very little opportunity to turn it into a lot of fantasy points. Um, And for rice, we've only had, well, the last two. Yeah. I mean, I guess there has been almost a similar type of volume, um, but we have not seen him able to be very efficient on that. You know, expected points per game, he ranks 56, but 135 in fantasy points over expectation per game, um, which makes me a little bit worried about that turning around now that we are four weeks through the season. You look at somebody like Addison, he's at 24. Now, of course, things can change over the season, um, but sometimes, uh, you know, it's harder for that to change all that much once you've kind of really like normally things stabilize after six weeks is what I'll say. So we're getting fairly close. Yeah, glad to help one. Uh, Flowers or Ayuk in PPR. All right, let's take a look here. I'm inclined to say, without looking at what the tool thinks, that I would say Ayuk here. Uh, but just in case there isn't anything that I'm I'm picking up on here that the tool might, let's take a quick look. Yeah, you can see that uh, Flowers, his average is at 8.9. That's almost half of Ayuk's. And one of the things that's happening here is that Ayuk definitely has a lot of upside over Flowers. Now, Flowers has been a nice play at this point in terms of high volume of opportunity. The difference between him, though, and somebody like Ayuk at this point has been that <coughs> the expected points that you get. Uh, so, yeah, Flowers is at 27 expected points per game. Hasn't been that efficient, but um, if we take a look here at Ayuk, if I could spell his name properly, um, you know, you'll see that his expected points are kind of in the same range. And what I would say that the difference is, is that uh, Ayuk is more of a threat here to break a a couple of big plays here and there than what we've seen from Flowers so far. So that's kind of why I would lean Ayuk. All right. Thoughts on Tank Dell versus Dotson. Yeah, I'm loving these ones because it's always fun when you get a guy that uh, is making his way unexpectedly into the uh, start-sit show this year. So at wide receiver, we will punch in 
Tank Dell, and we will also punch in Dotson, who I must admit has not been quite as strong this year as I was hoping that he would be. Uh, in terms of average, it's fairly close. You have Dell at 11.7, Dotson at 10.4. Distributions are fairly similar, except that you see Dotson with very few matches going between 10 to 15, a lot for Dell, but Dotson does have some of his matches going for more than 25. What I'm looking at here is probably not enough to make me lean into Dotson in the short week. I would probably go Dell, but the final layer that we'll add in here is if we go to the passing game matchup Raider and uh, we look at how Dell squares off against Houston, it's a slightly below average matchup for him. And if we look at Dotson in his matchup with Chicago, it does tend to like his alignment tendencies. Uh, the question here, is this enough to sway me? And honestly, I think I still go Dell. I still go Dell. All right. A chain, Pacheco, or Brees at flex? Uh, Judy and Michael, or Judy and Michael Wilson, also an option. All right. Uh, I don't have to look into this. You're 100% going uh, a chain here, which I believe we've determined is how you're supposed to say it now. There's just too much upside on to pass there. Also, if you look at... Um, what our tool here spits out for a comparison, you can see that though Pacheco has a nice uh, distribution this week, uh, a chain or a chain, I should say, just has a lot more upside as you actually had 20% of his matches going for more than 25 points. Uh, you know, I talked earlier about how I expect uh, Miami to just really run things up on the Giants. And I think that works out in favor of um, the backs for Miami. So he would be my first choice behind him. I would go Pacheco. Then I'd probably go, well, because I'm sure some people out there are listening to the podcast tomorrow when it comes out, might be curious about Brees Hall. And it's been tough going for Brees Hall. Um, <coughs> you have only 15% of his matches going over 15 points. Jets are playing Denver. Um, so you could almost even make the case here that you would go Wilson or Judy ahead of Brees. If anybody has a specific question, though, about Brees more, we could look into it. But in the case of Juan here, I would say that's uh, a Chan than Pacheco. All right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. 
Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Would you trade Kyron for Jonathan Taylor in PPR? Uh, Could you just specify if this is Dynasty or Redraft? I'm going to assume that it's Redraft. Where this one gets super hard is that Kyron has been really, really impressive thus far. However, though, we've seen the backs in Indianapolis uh, have good games. Like when you see Zach Moss doing what he's done, it kind of tells you that if Jonathan Taylor gets back there, you should expect him to be doing Jonathan Taylor-like things. I mean, at this point, Zach Moss is 11 in PPR per game among running backs, also 11 in expected points per game. Now, to be fair, that's across three games, but we have seen him go over 20 twice. If you look at somebody like Kyron Williams, what's actually making this a hard one to answer is that Kyron Williams is four in expected points per game, seven in PPR per game. All right, thanks for uh, thanks for noting there. Yeah, so redraft... I think I would actually at this point stick with Kyron. He's been so strong. I expect him to finish as an RB one across the season. If you make the move for Taylor, you are taking on a little bit of risk that some of the issues we saw maybe outside of the football world before the season kind of manifest. And even if you have Kyron kind of coming off of the gas pedal a little bit there, uh, it's still going to be a challenge for JT to step ahead of him. I think across the rest of the season in a enough of a fashion that it makes sense for you to take on that risk there. I cannot believe that that is the answer, but it is. So Chuck LeMay, no concerns on matchup. Ayuk plays Dallas and Flowers has Pittsburgh. I don't remember if we took a look here, uh, but we will take a quick peek here in the passing game matchup Raider. So yeah, you have Flowers at Pittsburgh, but the the weird thing is, right, it uh, does put, or maybe this isn't what you meant. Yeah, because... Passing game matchup Raider does foretell a good story for Flowers in this matchup, whereas Ayuk uh, has a much harder matchup against Dallas. If you look at um, Dallas this year, in recent games, allowing opposing wide receivers to score just 86% of average, whereas we've had almost the opposite swing for wide receivers against Pittsburgh. The thing is, though, I'm actually starting to put Brandon Ayuk in the context of that San Francisco offense and the group of players that I don't care too much about matchup against, especially because I do think that, uh, you know, there's the potential there for him to break a couple of big plays. I also think the other thing that you're going to see in some of the stats that you look at for Dallas is the game that they played against um, the Giants is impacting that, right? And then... um, That's really pulling things down. And then if we look at uh, our good friend here, Mac Jones, and look at him against Dallas and see that he completed just 12 passes for 150 yards, you know, those are factoring in. And I would say that some of that might be, yeah, some of that's Dallas, but I think also some of that is just uh, the way that those games ended up playing out and the issues that we saw for the offensive they offenses 
they faced. So Dallas might not be quite as hard of a matchup for Ayuk as some things might lead us to believe. All right. It is uh, 8.03. We have any more questions, let's get those in now. And, uh, you know, make sure I hang out to answer those. One thing we haven't talked about yet as far as GLSP goes are a surprising wide receivers. Um, if you look at the first page of our leaderboard this week, I don't think that there's anybody that's too surprising. Um, you do see Josh Reynolds scoring fairly high. I would fade that to some degree. Of course, you have uh, some changes there coming at Detroit for wide receiver. It's going to be a little bit harder for Reynolds to keep that up through the rest of the year. Tutu Atwell remains very high. DJ Char coming off a good performance, scores his way into the top 30 this week. Rashid Shahid, who'd be talked about a number of times over the summer, gets a pretty favorable look um, in this week's GLSP. And uh, if we turn our attention toward tight end, Sam Laporta, who I actually did not start over, I forget the player now, but we talked about him a little bit ago, uh, is the number two tight end of the week. As far as surprises go, I don't think you get too many uh, this week. It is nice, though, to see Dawson Knox scoring pretty favorably. Dallas has played backup quarterbacks all season, but Gilmore is still pretty intimidating. I'll roll the dice with Ayuk, though. That's what uh, Chuck LeMain said. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, so I, I like that play of Ayuk there. All right. Any other questions out there that uh, I can answer? You know, we haven't talked too much about DSTs yet. Well, I suppose at this point in the week, uh, it probably doesn't even make sense for us to go through DSTs on the, <coughs> excuse me, on the start sit show. So one more minute left. Uh, anybody out there, if you haven't done so and you have any questions, feel free to drop them in the comment. We'll take a look through some of the tools. Um, and if not, I hope that uh, everybody enjoys the game tonight. Hopefully we get a good one. Oh, here we go. Nice. Waddle or Ayuk, PPR. So let's just make our steps here. I think I know where I'm going, but we will make our paces through the tools just to be safe here. So we just looked at Ayuk. If we look at Waddle, um, average matchup for him against the Giants. Uh, the GLSP, if you compare the two, has Waddle against... Ayuk looking like a matchup that has a two point discrepancy in the favor of Ayuk. Um, you do see him scoring strongly in the higher buckets in comparison to Waddle, but um, I still think that I go Waddle here. I like that matchup for him against uh, against the Giants. All right, question coming in from Jeremy here: Fields versus Stroud, lead count, sacks, completions, one hundred rush bonus, three hundred pass. Six-point passing touchdown. Wow. Uh, Fields versus Stroud here. Well, we'll quickly compare them, but I am pretty sure that I am going to say that you go Stroud here. Um, now, maybe you could get that bonus for Fields from the rushing perspective, which would kind of juice things. <sighs> GLSP does tend to favor Justin Fields, though. So it's sacks, 100... 300 pass, six-point passing touchdown. I feel better about Stroud getting that 300 pass bonus and throwing more passing touchdowns than Fields, so I think my answer here is Stroud. All right, 
Eric, he's got Sam Howell or Josh Dobbs. Now, I mentioned that the tool does, <coughs> excuse me, does like Josh Dobbs this week. Um, if we compare them, you actually see Dobbs getting a full one and almost a half points higher in terms of average and having more players make their way into the high-end buckets. Uh, truth be told here, though, I would still go Sam Howell. Uh, should I start Gibson or drop uh, Should I start Gibson and drop downs? Half PPR. All right, let's take a quick look at this here. Uh, I'm not sure that my thought process here is going to be to drop Gibson. Or, sorry. Um, well, I guess what we're saying there is you have to drop downs to start Gibson, which I don't think that I would do. I mean, at this point in the season, Gibson is 63 in terms of expected points per game at the running back position. You know, opportunities, he's at 55. Just even forgetting about this week and looking at downs as far as wide receivers go, we'll see that he's actually at 41 among wide receivers. That team seems to be trending fairly positively. Ah, Mo notes he needs a one-week wonder. Well, if we take a look at the GLSP here quickly, uh, and assuming that you do really need this, and we compare Josh Downs with Antonio Gibson, from a half PPR perspective, um, it favors Downs, which lines up with what I would have expected. You also see a lot more upside for Downs as well. The final component that we'll mix in here is we will take a look at Gibson uh, and think about his average stat line against the bears and what that might mean in terms of game script, not a lot of players in matches like this, getting heavy targets or getting significant touchdowns. I would go with downs. So, uh, drop Dowdle downs, rivers, Russ Wilson, Dak, um, probably, uh, Which rivers are we talking about here? I feel like I should know that. Um, so I would, I mean, I think the answer there is probably uh, drop Ross, I think. You could still have um, some utility from Dowdle at some point during the season. Um, so depending on... Oh, okay, all right, yes, 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 sorry. Um, I would probably drop Russell Wilson then. Um, I don't think if you have Wilson that uh, you need to worry about dropping him because you're going to be able to go back and probably get somebody similar to him. And I'd probably see myself trying to roll with Dak more often than Wilson. All right. Uh, Cole Komet or Hunter Henry half PPR. Yeah, this is a good one because Hunter Henry got off to such a hot start. Then you saw Cole Komet recently light the world on fire. Um, course you have commit playing relatively soon in that short week um he is favored over henry uh let's see he's half point ppr uh in in half ppr by about one point and you do see him going fairly stride for stride until you get to the 20 to 25 bucket which does favor commit 
Um, the final thing that I do think is worth adding in here is just seeing if either of them match up nicely against the defense that they're facing. You have Komet with a slightly below average matchup. You've also got Henry with a tougher matchup here based upon his alignment tendency. So nothing has changed my initial opinion, which was I would go with uh, Komet over Henry. All right. Should I start Goff, Howell, or Stafford? Uh, without looking at anything here to try and change my mind, I'm going to say that you should go Goff. If we look at all players this week, Jared Goff scores very favorably. Um, admittedly, you know, there are reasons to like Stafford, but I think that uh, just keep it simple here and go with Goff. All right. The K asks, Superflex, half PPR, would you trade Brees for Dak or Russ? Need a second quarterback. Oof. Um Without seeing the rest of the roster, it's a little bit tough. But yeah, I mean, I think I would definitely be open to it. As far as Dak goes, um, I think that that would make sense. Let's just take a quick shot, though, here at uh, Russell Wilson to make sure I'm not leaving any stones unturned here. Um, at this point in the year, I mean, he does have two QB1 performances, so... Uh, um, maybe you just go, I think if you could make that move, actually, I guess in two cube, uh, super flex. Yeah. I think I'm going for either one and I, I would support that trade. All right. Aaron Jones or Kamara PPR. I'm inclined here to lean, uh, toward Alvin. We will plug it in though. Now, of course we don't have a ton of data from this season on Alvin. Um, Aaron Jones, <clears throat> Yeah, it comes out split down the middle, really looking like a coin flip in the GLSP. Kamara does get a little bit more upside. Uh, honestly, I would go Kamara here, but it's really kind of a coin flip as we see, given what these players' matches did uh, in games against the defenses like the ones they're facing. Is Najee droppable? I don't think so. I mean, obviously, it's going to depend on your team, but... Let's see if we can come up with a reason to change my mind here. If we take a quick look at him, and like I said earlier, making sure I'm not missing anything in here. He's still running back 42 in terms of expected points per game, 27 in opportunities. Now, the thing that sucks, right, is he's 88 in fantasy points over expectation per game, has gone under 10 Um three of four weeks, but you are, I think going to be in a tough spot. If you drop Najee to find a player that you could make a better case about their purview across the rest of the year, if things were to break correctly. So I'd only be dropping him if, ah, okay. Yes. I like this. Should I drop Najee so I can stash Rasheed Rice? Who do you have at wide receiver? Like, do you need to stash him? Because, I guess it's going to depend on if you kind of need that running back depth and you could ever need the running back because I think you could stash Rice, but I don't think that the odds of him breaking out and being a player that you're going to be able to get into your lineup a lot of that great uh, in what I would assume your wide receiver group looks like. So if you drop in your wide receivers, <coughs> excuse me, I can probably comment on that a little bit more. All right, so uh, anybody else has any questions, get them in. Otherwise, I'll wait till I hear back from Isaac to wrap up on that one, and we'll be logging out. 
Um, starting to lose my voice coming down with a bit of a cold here uh, as the fall starts to set in. Um, any closing thoughts for me here? I'm going to go back to the uh, GLSP for this week. Just look at flex players. We're going to try to find anybody that has significant upside that we might not be thinking about. Um, as I scroll through the list, yeah, Michael Wilson, who a lot of people have asked about, Tool does like his upside this week. Uh, okay, I don't need to stash him. All right, here's the response from Isaac. I don't need to stash him because I went wide receiver heavy, AJ Brown, Amon, Ridley, T, but I also see no point of nausea. I'm hoping she is good so I can trade for back, mine or bad. Uh, okay, I hear the thought. Um... I don't know if I would do that, though. I don't know if I would drop Najee yet uh, with the hopes of a stack. Maybe what you could try to do is if you have another wide receiver that you don't need uh, or other players you can somehow package on your roster, um, I just don't always feel great about making moves solely for the idea of being able to trade that player. Um, Because what's going to happen is if you pick him up and you just leave him there hoping it's going to happen, you know, you might be taking opportunity out of your roster that you would have if you continue to continue to churn through it. So I don't know if I'm giving a very helpful answer here, but personally, I probably would leave Najee maybe another week or two, or I would see if there's somebody else I could drop because it goes back to the idea of there's going to be few running backs you could get ever, ever get off the waiver wire that you could make the case for if they were a player you're going to go and add would have a case like Najee, right? If Jalen Warren goes down as bad as Pitt has been, he's still going to be a fairly appealing running back. All right, more questions have come, and we'll try to get to them. Olave or Garrett Wilson PPR, that is definitely Olave, uh, in my opinion. Rest of season, do you prefer Dak or Russell Wilson? Uh, I prefer Dak. Uh, I agree that it is pretty close. Um, and, you know, I think it's easy, given the struggles that there have been in Denver, to kind of underappreciate what Wilson has been able to do. Um, still, though, I would feel better about the player that's the quarterback for Dallas this year than I would for the one that's, <clears throat> excuse me, in Denver. Now, some of the games have gotten away so much early on that Dak hasn't even had to do that much. Uh, it's one of the things you could point out here as well. All right. Olave uh, versus New England. Wilson versus Denver, half PPR. I'm, I'm definitely going Olave. I think that you're at the point where it looks like, to me, Olave is the, pl like, no matter what week we're in, Olave is the guy I would go with. All right. Well, that was very fun, everybody. Thank you for joining in. Hopefully I was able to help you. And, uh, you know, the suggestions I made end up working out for you. Uh, we will be back next week. Hopefully both Curtis and I appreciate everyone stopping by and I will end the live stream now and catch you all next week. So for those of you listening to the podcast audio, we just wrapped up. Uh, as a reminder, if you can't get to us in time for the show, um, or you wouldn't be able to see it, you can always shoot us, um, a, uh, an email or send Curtis, Curtis checks his Twitter a lot more than me, send him a message and we'll try to do it on the show. And then you can hear it, uh, when you listen on Friday in any event, as always, thanks for tuning in and we will see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. 
follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.